Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. everyone and welcome to another edition of turned out of punk footnotes i am one of your hosts damien abraham and with me tonight by special request is one dave it up dave how are you doing oh i'm doing very well i i don't know i didn't know i was specially requested but i am honored to uh, appear well you couldn't appear on the other show a couple weeks ago and so when Chris told me that he couldn't make it tonight due to a last minute kind of emergency that came up, everything's okay though with him. Um, he, uh, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to call Dave and see if I can, uh, take him up on that rain check offer. And, uh, just for the listeners at home, Damien did text me at five fifty eight AM Texas time <laughs> to ask if I would be available for this tonight. And, uh, luckily I'm someone who gets up at six. So I really wasn't a big deal, and I was available. Good morning. That's what I'm yeah. to do. I'm, I'm one of those people that gets up now at 5 a.m. Toronto time, um, kind of like you know every day because that's when the kids are normally starting to stir. So mm-hmm. it's it's uh, I'm a morning person now, not by choice. Yeah. I mean, I get up, as I said, I'll get up at six for work every day. So I'll be up tomorrow at like 625 on my day off just because I get up too early. You have to. Yeah. Well, I really do thank you for making the time for us tonight and coming straight from band practice and, 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 and showing and proven. Yeah. I I don't think uh, my voice will be too hoarse. Uh, I think it seems all right. Just, just ran the set a couple of times and pretty minimal practice no it sounds good i was gonna say like you know for a guy who just came from band practice who's who's on the the old uh voice box as they like to yeah, call yeah. It in the music industry you sound you sound great oh thank you yeah i mean we we have a very short set and we played it twice you know and then yeah. we're like yep you guys good we're good okay <laughs> yeah no that's uh you know, I haven't practiced in a long time, but uh, I I do remember if that's what they felt like practicing. Do you guys not practice anymore? Not really. We did practice. That's not true. We did practice just before this last show because we hadn't practiced in so long. But like when we were kind of like playing every day, we kind of practiced during sound check. Like if we wanted to learn a new song or put a song into the set, we just do it in sound check every couple days in a row and mm-hmm. and introduce it. And then like 
it's amazing. Like we came back to that practice the other day and it was like all these songs kind of came back by almost like muscle memory. And so like, yep, we're, we're fucked for life. We're going to remember these songs and not our like significant others birthdays or our kids birthdays or anything like that. We're just going to remember fucked up songs and that's going to take up all the brain space. I, I know lots of esoteric shit, but like names of like important people in my life is usually like one of the first things I forget. Yeah. You know, like, um, but like, I remember my neighbor's name because it's <laughs> the same as the singer of I hate God. Like, that's not why you remember things. No, but I'm like, Oh yeah. Mike Williams. Yeah. That's my neighbor. Uh, that's cause, uh, I hate God. Yeah. That's my tie in. But like, you know, you just got to find it for lots of important shit. Yeah. You got to find a punk trick for every single person you meet in life. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's the way to do it for him. And it's, <laughs> I, if if I need to learn more of my neighbor's names to see if they were also in like clutch or something, you know, just to like yeah, keep exactly. it. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know any names of anyone in clutch. But. Do you have that first clutch seven inch on inner journey impetus or whatever it was called? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, my, my dabbling in clutch, uh, just really dipped my toe in it. I, I, I think at one point I was just trying to kind of get those records just for, if they came my way and I think I found them for like, I definitely found that seven inch for like what would be sort of affordable. And I was like, I don't know that I actually need this. Yeah. But, my big, but, you know, one of my big regrets is the time that I found a sub zero on purple without a sleeve and or maroon or whatever. And I was like, God, what, mm-hmm. when am I ever going to find one for like a reasonable price with, with, you know, a sleeve that I just want to upgrade Next day, found one for $2 with a sleeve. <laughs> I didn't buy that purple Yeah, one. you're pro- probably going to put that together pretty well. But the Ugh. thing is, like, I'm sure t- this is what footnotes people want. Like, you- we've bought records before, and then we're like, when am I ever going to find a sleeve? Like, I had yeah. the, the Chaos, is the, like, totalitarian Chaos, like the 7-inch, forever. And I'm like, when am I ever going to find like some other like propaganda <laughs> extra sleeve floating around? Like that's not coming my way. No, no. But then, no, then when it does I sold happen. my records, I mean, it happens to other people. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, when I when I sold that record, it definitely came with a photocopy because I an original sleeve never came my way. And all those finished records had those wacky like multicolor, like color fade kind of sleeves. Yeah. Like they either had the worst printer or the best printer, um, so yeah, I one of those was not coming my way. My yeah, no, you're right. Those finished records all look so sick. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I had a couple of them. Um, I feel like, and they were all wacky like that. My yeah. bastards uh, was like the the sleeve on that was also like ultra flimsy, which made me feel like the chaos one probably just like disintegrated. Which is, I don't know if they were all on crummy paper or if the one I got was just like a, a partied on copy of it. But. Well, that's the thing, right? Like they probably partied uh, super hard in Finland when with those records. Like a lot of beers being drunk over top of them, I imagine. Oh, I'm sure. Just to like keep warm in the Arctic Circle or, you know. You know, uh, just for your own uh, amusement, guess how much you think the Sub-Zero for a 7-inch kind of goes for now? I wouldn't have any idea, but everything goes for like uh, at a zero on what I think it should go for now. So well, this might be it. It's sixty eight dollars is the medium price these days. That's crazy. It's it's a weird time. I mean, that, 
Yeah. But a bargain at any price. A bargain at any price. The blue one actually is uh, is is a steal. Oh, there's a blue one for sale with no cover for $59. <laughs> you think it's that same one you found? Probably the same uh, one I found. It's in the United <laughs> States. <laughs> I wonder if it is the same one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's the same seller. No, no. The, uh, but the, uh, that, that chaos seven, I had the one that I had was on blue with no sleeve and the, uh, the cheapest one on, on the resources, one fifty two ninety. <sighs> the meaty being one fifty eight. The, uh, those records, how many of them even probably got stateside or into North America in general. And uh, whether or not many of those bands came over here. Mm-hmm. Did any of those bands who came over? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. I'm trying to think if, did one of them tour with Raw Power? Yeah. I feel like, Rest but I don't remember who that was now. Uh, was, yeah, who did tour with Raw Power? Anyway, I saw a flyer for it recently. Anyway, someone will send that in an email. Oh, by the way, we're not doing mailbag yeah. this week because uh, that's Chris's kind of domain and he's got the mailbag and I don't have the mailbag in front of me because people send in physical letters. Really? No, I'm just kidding. No, one is, actually it, is it just baby Gopal record after baby Gopal record? <laughs> Dude, one day, one day we'll get all these records that we dream about getting. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> colored baby Gopal vinyl will be, and we'll, we will have uh, enough to build accommodations with it. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you should try to get one of them with the members of Baby Gopal. That's like a that type of era of victory. You're kind of not having enough of it. No, I, you're right. I haven't really had anyone from that era of victory on, which is kind of the golden era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I think you've already done the victory records deep dive. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've done a couple of victory records deep dives on this show already. But uh, how are you doing, Dave? Oh, I'm doing fine. Just, uh, it's my Friday. So, you know, you can really rage. TGIF. Yeah. But yeah, can't complain. It's, uh, it's Austin. So it's going to be, uh, a hundred degrees probably by the end of the week. It's, it's getting nice here in Toronto. It's, it's kind of like, you know, not quite there yet, but you know, the, the weather's about to get nice. It's got that feel. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean it's summers in I've been to Toronto in the summer, I feel like, and it's I feel like it was it was nice. I remember Toronto being a clean city, so it's pretty I, clean I haven't city. been in a very long time. Yeah, so, I remember you were here one day on, on Thanksgiving one time. Was I? Yeah, I think that was the day of the but like Canadian Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Which was the day of the infamous uh mental uh career suicide sucks. On stage disc mm-hmm. from Greg Mantle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a favorite yeah, moment I mean, in hardcore history for me. Yeah. I mean, you must have been really torn about where your allegiances would then fall. No, yeah, I bought like, the mental demo immediately after the show. I had no, I had no qualms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck Jonah, you know? <laughs> yeah, fuck, dude, I'm looking at that demo tape right now. The demo tape by the band, fuck Jonah. I, I do enjoy that those are on, on the resource now, as far as like, you know, I can really get a, get a good idea about them. Someone sent me a message the other day, and I, I, I do apologize for not writing back to this, but I don't have the information requested. Looking for the track listing of the Fuck Jonah demo. 
And it's like, wow, I think we found, finally found a piece of information too useless for the internet, which is like, what is the well, track I mean, of that demo? But do, do you not have it? No, I have the demo, but there's no track listing listed. And the person who wrote me had the copy of the demo too with no track listing listed. It just says, fuck Jonah and fuck you. And then it says, yeah. I'll say in the other spot. Oh, no, that's, that's it. And it has a girl on it. And uh, Buffy's a vampire a, slayer, I think. And what is that, like a garbage truck? Or I, I can't tell what that picture is. I don't know. I'm looking at it right now. It's a police. It's um, like a cop looking at like a a trailer that looks like it's been like cut in half. Is that is that relevant to Jonah's interest at the time? No, I don't. This band was named Fuck Jonah because Jonah had to go on that canoe trip. That uh, <laughs> and so he, <laughs> he couldn't play in their band anymore, so they renamed it Fuck Jonah. Well, it's Martin Farkas's first credit on, on the resource, so. Oh, see, now someone's got to go in there and put up the Board of Education demos. Oh, I mean, they, his, he's known for, you know, just career suicide. And he's not even known for Fuck Jonah, but it's it's on his list, so. Yeah, no, this is like, you know, <laughs> there's so much. Like, this is Martin's band before that. The infamous Board of Education has, without a doubt, some of the worst song names ever and it's like total post charles bronson like level mm-hmm. of song titles it's like amazing the jump from that band to career suicide is like probably the greatest jump any band's made from a terrible demo to becoming like a pretty legendary band in a short period of time yeah i mean they they, they really hit their mark they just need to figure it out yeah but but Charles Bronson, they they really kind of crushed the song title game. Yeah, you and know, like I think, and you have to be Charles Bronson to do that, right? Like, it, it's like how you can't like, you know, there's just certain rap styles that only certain rappers can pull off. There's certain things that only certain people in punk and hardcore can pull off, and you know, Mark McCoy has got those song titles down. Yeah, great little handwriting song title on point. Yeah, that I mean, band. They are the who's who of that whole state, if you ask Kerrang. That's true. We, I did want to get into that with you because I feel as an American, I do owe you the floor on this one. Uh, British magazine, Kerrang, who no ill will because believe me, this is the kind of shit I live for is when, when a publication does a list like this because it sparks conversation and that's all I want to do in life is just talk about this kind of stuff with people. So, but they have done a map of America where they have named, what is it? Like the, the band that it's what the best state. band, but is it like, how is it? I don't, phrased? I don't know. I, I, you know what? That's a good question. I, I might have, Oh, let me look that up. Cause I don't remember what the credentials for this were. Um, but yeah, they did a, it's called the United States of hardcore. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Do, do, do. Sorry. Uh, and this has gotten... Indisputable, the, the indisputable list of best hardcore band from every state. So they're calling the best. <laughs> so, yeah, Charles Bronson, the best. But, yeah. But also, Paint It Black got all of, of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I know. That was... Which has led to... 
not to plug my social media for any sort of like reason other than to check this out. But if you go over to my Instagram and look at the debate that kind of unfolds between painted black and John Worcester, Pennsylvania native John <laughs> Worcester over painted blacks, uh, I guess, uh, King status, emperor status of the state of mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. It's, it's amazing, but there are some, it's a weird list, dude. We're, we're, how much of you wanted it to be FOD? Like I would say, you know, and I'm, and I obviously painted black, love them. But would you say that's like, like the best Dan Yemen band? He, he, here's the thing. Uh, I mean, I might, but that's just cause I'm a weirdo. Um, like, yeah, you know, they're, I can see that too. Actually, they're like, they're like a fully realized band, but like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I, yeah. Go on. Th- they're more like, you know, they're the least melodic of the Dan Yeeman band. So that's why they're more like straightforward. That's, you know, yeah, that's what I'm more into. Yeah. I, I went to see Paint It Black plenty of times. Um, but like, this is also just part of the shots fired on Philadelphia in general. Because like, they just don't have the chops. Well, no, you know, but- like for like a lot of cities, you'd be like, man, who's the best one from L.A.? Who's the best one from, from New York? Who's the best band from Boston? Like you're getting real low on Philly quick because well, you're dude. like, is it Dead Milkman? Is it Wide Eye? Is it Other? Okay. Well, you know, you're just out. Oh, my God. Well, let me. Okay. I got to tee up on a couple things you said there. First of all, Wide Eye, <laughs> top 10 American hardcore band for me mm-hmm. right across. But I would say so I would say that. But also, why would you reduce a huge state of Pennsylvania, just one city. You want a anti-flag? You want you put Osron yeah. on there. You put anti-flag on there. You could put uh, you could put um, no, who was I think? Acosta Christ on there. Sorry, that's what I was yeah. thinking when I said the piss. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's right. You could put uh, but you could also you could go to Wilkes Bar and you could put the actual best band from Pennsylvania on there. Cold World, motherfucker. Oh, I thought you were going to go with Magnus. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm going to go um, with CW. That's my pick for Pennsylvania. Is that actually your pick for Pennsylvania? Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I I would probably go Dead Milkman if I were. But are we doing? I guess if we're doing hardcore. That I that might be more of a stretch. Yeah, we're doing hardcore. Like I don't know. But I I feel I feel I feel bad about throwing shade on Painted Black because obviously Painted Black. They won that state, and they're definitely not the most ridiculous name on this list. No, no, no. There, there's some, but like at least Poison Idea got it. I, I love that yep. they gave Black Flag, uh, California. You know, because like that's that was probably really hard, and I bet you they're like just put Black Flag and keep going. Yeah, like, MDC uh, as the band for Texas. Come on. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. And then especially because they have this like insane argument for why. They don't have like, which is also crazy to read in Kerrang in 2018. I think it shows you where we are as a society, but that it, they, for Arkansas, they picked this band called Enrage, who I am not the most familiar with. So I got to check them out. Um, we but, go burned up, led dry. <laughs> no, well, they say they said had Iconochrist not moved from Little Rock to Oakland so early in their career. It's like, when the fuck did MDC move to San Francisco? 
in their career. Very early. Like so early. (laughs) Yeah. Like they got out of there as like that, that whole, like I'm not from Texas, but I got here as quick as I could, but the opposite. Yeah. You know, like they, they got out of there as quick as they could. Yeah. Now I would say like, you got to give it to the big boys. How could you not give it to the fucking big boys? No, a hundred percent. It would have to go to the big boys or, you know, you could try to make an argument for the dicks, but really the big boys. And also if you're just going to go for, for quitters, why not DRI? Yeah. DRI, better band. But uh, I mean, once again, we've it's come up on this episode, on this show, and I've kind of like gone back to it. Like the first MDC record's great. Like it, it really is very good. Um, it's amazing. You know, all, yeah. Also, how come uh, we're, aren't Modern Life is War from somewhere funny? We're, uh, they're, they've got they're it. from they- New Bre- no, they oh, got they it. do have it. Okay, never mind. I must have missed it. Okay, yeah, there they are. So, See, like, there's who else bigger from Nebraska? There they are. Nebraska. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Like, Nebraska is a, a harder state. Like, I'm trying to think what there. There is that one Kill by Deathy kind of hardcore band from there. Um, oh, I'm sure there's like a Kill by Deathy band from like most of these states. You know but... what we should call up right now to kind of do a compare and contrast with right now is uh, on Collector Scum that. Uh, discography thing if that's still there Henry Weld's discography mm-hmm. of American punk I can't believe we've never called this up in the history of turn out a punk on footnotes yet do you know about this yeah I mean that I do I haven't looked at it collectors come in a while but yes yeah. I do it's still there God God bless the internet for you know <sighs> never forgetting never forgetting um, but they put together uh, this was compiled by I believe it was Henry Weld's right yeah, and um, it's based on the international discography of New Wave Volume 2 book, which is just this incredible compendium of punk and hardcore records that came out. And it was put out way back in 81, I think. And it's uh, – I got I actually got my copy from my dad, but it's a, a incredible book. And so this is like an update on that that has punk bands from every state. You know, and so now we can go through and look at other bands that, you know, and see, you know, who we yeah, like. If Kerrang had, had really gone out with the, the, the Jody Koenig record from Nebraska <laughs> or from Iowa, we would have been like, oh, man, they did their homework over here. <laughs> they went in so deep. <laughs> they went in so deep. But like, you know, like I, I to be fair, like I don't know a lot of bands from like a lot of these places until I actually look it up. Uh, that dog single though is fucking sick. Was that the same dogs though? No, this is a different dog. Okay, because I'm like this. I thought the dogs were from like uh, Michigan. No, there was another dogs from Michigan, and that moved to LA. All right. Um, yeah, that, that that dog that dogs. You know, as as a dog guy, you know that's really the one I would go with. Yeah. Um, yeah. embarrassment. You can't say they're like a hardcore band. I don't think they would qualify for Kansas. Um, <laughs> but who, who would you pick instead? You know, orange donuts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Kentucky active ingredients are fucking awesome. Who do they pick for Kentucky? Yeah. Like they're, they they're like their shit, like Florida culture for Florida. Like, yeah, that that's a real that's a that's that's a weird one too. That's like weird that's like one. picking MDC. That's because yeah, why would you obviously picking, be Roach Motel? Yeah, like or Roach or or, or like or or uh, FWA or like and what's that? Like, Sheer Smegma. 
what is your segment? Sewer zombies. Club night. Uh, yeah. No, one of those. What, what's uh, you know, one of those modern bands that is from from there. Florida? Yeah, like one of those. Um, like modern-ish type bands, that, like from the last few years, that like Florida well, had like, an incredible. Goes, Go on, sorry. Yeah, I mean, Florida's got, always has stuff going on. Yeah, and but I just, yeah, culture was just like a, a a more interesting choice. Foundation. What did they pick? Yeah. Foundation for Virginia. No, that's Foundation is Georgia. Oh, Georgia. Sorry, that's it. Yeah. Isn't that what that's? Yeah, that, you're making me feel like uh, I know where stuff is. In I don't know your <laughs> your geography that much. Catharsis too is a an interesting choice. Look, I, sure, why not? But like, that, like, why wouldn't they do like I don't know? I mean, are antiheroes too? Uh, yeah, too, like yeah, like punk or too oi? Yeah, like also that. they might have like they might just be too much for some people, you know. In a crank mm-hmm. kind of setting, I could imagine they wouldn't be necessarily on the radar with those. You know. Good, good shout out to Guiana Punchline. Good shout out to Guiana Punchline. Yeah. Probably the only shout out that band <laughs> has gotten ever in a mainstream music yeah. magazine. Uh, yeah, like that. I mean, the, Charles Bronson's still like such a funny one. Charles, why Bronson's would you just funny. do? Yeah, go on. Yeah, I don't know. I was if he's like, why wouldn't? You do crudos. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think Charles Bronson is also amazing. You see that Ebro's thing that he posted on uh, Instagram where he's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Crank posted a quote from one of the Crank writers saying that Charles Bronson LP was the worst thing he had ever heard in his life when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> the LP was great. I, I, I was really like, that was an LP that like met my expectations when it came out. I was, I was a fan. I, I honestly, yeah. like, there are a few records. I remember, you know, anticipating and lining up for, you know, like Use Your Illusions Volume 1 and 2. I remember going to get them the day mm-hmm. they came out. It was just after my birthday. Um, and then I remember getting the Charles Bronson LP a couple of years later. Yeah, I mean, that was – did you have uh, the metal metal cover? I do have a metal cover, but I had to trade for that a couple of years after that. No, I back in the day, I just had the regular – I got the first press, but they all said first press, I believe. Yeah, I think they all do. Yeah, um, yeah. I never had a metal cover. I just wasn't a. I never, never had one come my way. I had one. Someone played mine though, which is awesome. But like you know, because it was like taped over, so you should never play it. Yeah. And so I played it when I got it. But I'm, I was stoked to get it. I'm never trading it. You didn't want send it back. Yeah, send it back. Uh, I wonder. I wonder now. Oh yeah, I wonder now. Like. Uh, you know, like if that record is still something that people like look for in the same way that I dreamt of having that record back then. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, if I, I wanted one, but I wasn't going to like, it was hard to get immediately. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to really just go skyrocket with in value now with them being on really on the map. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Also, I wonder if anyone's going to take up the writer on this black flag being the band for California. Anyone who disagrees with me on this one can meet me in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's really just going for it. It's <laughs> like, so it's like, I'm going to fuck you. Yo, the germs. Fuck you. Dead candies. Fuck you. Psh. Yeah. I mean, the, the de- I mean, I obviously I'm going to go with black flag, but like, yeah, I mean, there's California. It would be, you could do this 
just for each little plate, you know, pockets of California. Yeah. And it would be totally like acceptable. I like, I, I know you would go with black flag because honestly you are the, uh, one of the all time great black flag fans in, in my mm-hmm. estimation. Um, but I, I, you know, I, you could definitely make an argument f- in a real way for the dead Kennedys being a more important band, you know? And I think that's just from even just doing this podcast, like, you know, it's amazing how many people talk about how the dead Kennedys were the first punk show they went to, or, or like, you know, like that was the first punk band they got into just cause they were on the map in a way that I don't know if black flag was to kids just getting into it. And and why do you think that is? Because they were know. both like neither of them were like had much success with like big labels. You know, yeah. they were both like basically self released. They're both is it because like the like the quirkiness like it's not as like I mean like obviously later Dead Kennedys gets a little bit less like driving, but yeah. like not nearly not to the extent that later Black Flag becomes so jarring. Yeah, like, I guess maybe maybe you're right. Like, maybe it's college radio programmers, like, being, like, oh, California Uber Alice, like, you know, that, that's, like, it, it's, like, or, or, you know, they just, they always have those kind of, like, not novelty songs, but, like, you're, like, quirky songs is kind of yeah, like, you like, put it. it. You could still put on, like, R- Rambozo the Clown or, yeah. like, you know, like, like, just take the job and shove it. Like, there's still kind of, like, jokey kind of songs the later you go, yeah. like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, but yeah, they all have like, and you know, I'm looking, just looking at like the 80, if Frankenchrist, like you could put on Goons of Hazard, you could put on MTV, get off the air. Yeah. Like you're probably not putting like at my job on there. No. But like, yeah, this record is still like, I, you know, I also got it when I was like 13 or something like that, but like, yeah, still very listenable and not yeah. as like off putting the way Black Flag became. No, and and I think they're also like a band that, you know, like like they were they they're on Uggets of Music War. They're like they put themselves out mm-hmm. there in a way that Black Flag. I don't know if they 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 maybe didn't have the wherewithal to do it or had no interest in doing it. I guess too. That's not true. They did interviews with major publications and major things. They were just you're you're probably right. It's just that it was just too inaccessible at that point. Yeah, because like. I mean, if uh, with if you were to like throw on, if you're like the college DJ and you get in my head in the mail, like I mean, I, you know, I can make an argument, for, you know, towards like white hot or something like that. But like, what are you really putting on, you know, yeah. as far as like to try to like drinking and driving, I guess, you know. But like, <laughs> it's it's a tough one versus you get you get the 1985 Black Dead Kennedys record and you're just jamming all day long, you know, you know, other than like maybe like at my job, but everything else yeah. on the record's fine. But you know, how, how's your dead Kenny's collection? Do you have all 115 versions of fresh fruit? <laughs> I only have, <laughs> I think I only have like the early singles. And I think I still have my too drunk to fuck that I bought back when I was a kid as one of my first seven inches. But, uh, you don't have the LPs. No, I don't think I have any of the LPs anymore. No, I'm looking over there. Like, I don't think I have, yeah, I don't think I have anything anymore. Like I, I at various times I've had, different LPs and different versions and stuff. Like I had a Portuguese version of the first LP at one point, but now I don't think I've, I don't think I've held on to any of them. I got an orange cover of that. Like the first press. Yeah. At a, at Kim's on uh, St. Mark's place for like six bucks or something like that. Like as far as like 
yeah, this is a cool score, like a really nice condition copy of it. And, you know, they probably just priced it like any other record that there's thousands and thousands of. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. always, when you find that kind of stuff in New York, you're always excited. Um, the, so which one of these, which one, like New York is like, like Kim's, I think I found something too. I'm trying to remember if I did, but or not, but like New York's like one of the hardest places to score records, which is crazy given how many records are in that city. The thing is you just, it's like any metropolis that you need to just like, just be out there. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've gotten stuff like if I don't know if you, how, if you really know him, but like Nick Turner that was in like cold sweat, uh, I believe he works for sub pop now, but, uh, the, um, Nick, Nick from deficit. Um, he's got crazy scores from New York cause he lived in New York and was just like out there every day. Yeah. Like, I don't think he was necessarily out there every day looking for like a mad single, but like, you know, if he found one, he would buy it. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I, I never got anything. I mean, I, paid for some Molnar to score uh, a where's my towel for like 40 bucks or something like that. I, uh, my, I'm Frank that was in dead nation, got a kid's leather say at a uh, subterranean, not subterranean. Uh, the store that was like around the corner from, from between generation and bleaker Bob's. Yeah, it was, I think it was called subterranean. He bought that. They would just price records at $25. So if it was, you know, kids will either say it was a score. If it was just yeah. like exploited horror epics, it was riff off. Yeah. But like $25 is just kind of like what they charge for shit. Yeah. Like it's, uh, that's, it's such a bygone era now. Cause every store will just look on discogs. Yeah. Like it's a, yeah. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Exactly. You know, like, you're not trying to like open a store to like, just like give, get ripped off. Cause I mean, I be, people would do that. People would like, when uh, what's it called? Go Kart had their store, Soapbox, like which I don't know if you if you when you started going to New York, if you ever went there. It was all the way on St. Mark's, like closer to Tompkins Square Park. No, and when they first there. opened, it was it was like a real shoebox of a store, super little. But when they first opened, they had a whole bunch of like heavy hitters on the wall for like cheap. And I remember hearing that like people just like bought them and just like walked across town to bigger bobs and flipped them. Yeah. Like, because why not, you know, like, why wouldn't you just buy this record for like a a deal and then just go double your money for walking across town and not even across town, like across the village. I still think like that's Um, like kind of scummy. Like, I think if like, it's one thing you you score something for cheap for your own collections. Another thing, if you're flipping it to like, you know, I've definitely scored ridiculous records from places for, way too cheap at different times. And, you know, uh, so obviously I'm not saying I'm above doing that, but at the same time, like I've never done it to flip it. Well, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, this is, uh, it's, it is what it is, but like, that's one of the things that like really like kind of just soured me on records a lot. Yeah. Is that like, I just didn't want to buy crap. I didn't want to flip. It was like, and it's just like, Oh, like, like, uh, what's your son? Like when son came out, all those things would come out and then immediately be like two hundred dollars. Yeah, and it's just like, but like, I I just don't want to buy these because I just don't want them. And then I finally was like, fuck it, I don't hate money, and I bought one. And then like the fucking well dried up, and then I just have this record I don't want, you know. And it's like, it's like with like you know, you go see, you know, like a band would sell out their tour press, and it's like you know, I don't know that 
that many people needed the R and R LP this tour, but people were just buying it so they can flip it. Dude, that like was when crazy. records were on eBay, that record went yeah. going for so much money for during that window was like insane. Like that was the height of it for our yeah. scene, I think. But I mean, I saw them on that tour and they didn't have any LPs left because they like, just, but they were like, you could just buy one on eBay or get one off like the rev trade list. It's like, yo, this tour's still happening and you're already trying to like sell it for like real big money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone who, like, you know, it's not like everyone who, like, sells their minor threat seven inches, like, well, I bought this for $2. I guess I'll sell it for four. You know, like, <laughs> I, I get it that people will, will make their money, so to speak, but the idea of just buying things exclusively to flip was never, like, my game. I know, and then some bands got wise to it and overcompensated and would not let people order them more than one copy of their seven inch and still deprive them of their seven inch to this day, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Hey man, that's an uncle slam issue. You know, you might want to bring it up with, with their, their management. Um, <laughs> but I mean, look, look at that kind of business practice got them. They, what, they put out two records and then just fold. They just folded. They wouldn't let people like me in Canada or did they do copies. more than, did they do more than two records? I think it's the two. Look it up. look it up in the cogs, the yeah. resource. I yeah. still, we still yeah, got to continue this. We're, I'm not, we're not letting you off the hook this easily. We're going to go through America and big bands from oh. fucking state. <laughs> oh no! They, but yeah, they put out two records: "Tear It Up" record and "Self Defense" record. Because at first it looks like they have a whole bunch, but it's just like three different versions of the, uh, the "Self Defense" seven inch. Horn above that. Not a real, not a lot of. What? What'd you say? Horn above that. No, no. Also, they only give credit to two members of that band. What happened to the other guys? Um. They don't want to be on Discogs? I guess not. I guess no, they, but, don't have, they don't have other bands, I guess, that, that cross-reference? or <laughs> I guess not. No, but like going through these, st- like the going through America, it's like I don't have like a solid answer of who I think should be like the greatest band from Wyoming, you know? I don't mean to disrespect this band from Colorado at all, at all, because I, I, I am, you know, I'm sure they're great. But how could you not put the frantics as the best hardcore band from there or, or drunk sex sucks from Colorado. Yeah. Or like the, uh, what about, uh, go on. Um, what about, uh, Scott Bale army or, uh, (laughs) deadlock frequency. They were from uh, Colorado. Yeah, I know. Uh, And nobody's too. (laughs) Yeah. But we're saying hardcore. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, That's true. Yeah. Forgot the nobody's from there, but, uh, is there a bit? I mean, I'm not knocking the accused or poison. I- uh, poison idea should definitely be there, but yeah, accused is there a not. better band? Yeah, accused are pretty important, dude. Uh, they're not like, but like, would you say they're the most important hardcore band from Washington State? No, I, I really don't want to. That's that's yeah. <laughs> that's. But I mean, the farts, they are the like, Melvins. The, I would I would want to say the farts, but I, if they're just doing it for like you know, it'd be like if you didn't include septic death, it'd be like a real fuck you. Like I guess accused have to go on there. I guess like I don't know, I don't know. Like you, 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 I haven't heard too many people from that scene at that time be like they were the band, the accused. Yeah, no, people love the accused. I mean, like 
when you talk to like that era of old person, you know, like but from from Seattle, I'm talking about like or from like that, you know, Seattle area. Because mm-hmm. I, I was talking I mean, with a couple the other you, day. That you think like you you think the fastbacks are just not hardcore enough? Well, that's the thing is like they've got like so many like their their version of hardcore is so broad. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> like I mean, I I think the lewd would be another really solid one to to, to use. Yeah. I think it's also amazing that they've got like Georgia. Yes, Neon Christ is perhaps the most influential hardcore bands to come out of Atlanta, Georgia. The band did, after all, help invent the chaotic genre of power violence and serve, which I've never heard, but okay, and serve as the first band for William Duvall of Allison Chains fame. But the best hardcore band from the city and state is Foundation. I mean, I I enjoy his conviction. I really also think he's giving inflating the importance of Neon Christ. Like, yo, Neon Christ rips. Neon Christ is fucking incredible. I, one to three for you, but I don't know that they really did, are they the inventors of power violence. Ooh, like, wouldn't like no comment like sitting there studying that seven inch and like this is what we got to do. I was gonna say someone had a Neon. I think the only Neon Christ sticker that was famous on stuff was on like Mike Dean from COC. So it's not really like. It's like a local band, essentially. So. Yeah, I, I like they are one of my favorite bands of that. You know, like that, that period of hardcore. I love mm-hmm. that seven inch, and I would say that I would pick them over Foundation for me. But I'm not from there, so it's kind of hard. Like unless you're from those areas, like you know, I saw Martin Life Is War play their hometown one time, and it was mm-hmm. one of the most insane shows I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like they were fucking, you know, and then, so it's like. You can't fuck with that. Like, I can't fuck with that pick at all. Like, you know, so unless you saw that band in their own hometown, it's hard to say whether or not, like, they are that band. Like, the only band I think I can say 100% is, like, yeah, Poison Idea. Like, who else? Yeah. Wipers? Do you think that uh, they're throwing shade at, at Youth of Today by putting them on Connecticut? Like, instead of them, like, trying to, like, claim New York? Well, like, that would be ridiculous. And also... Yo, the the misfits for New Jersey, obviously, but at the same time, nah. Who do you want? AOD? AOD. I mean, I would have been obviously flattered if they picked us. Yeah, you know, I would I would say <laughs> Dead Nation, AOD. Um, but like I would honestly think like, you know, if I'm like I just don't think of the misfits as like representing I guess they do rep New Jersey when they when they talk about shit, but like I don't know, like, were they part of, like, a New Jersey scene? Like, no, they were a New York band, but yeah. they were from, everyone knows they're from Lodi. Like, but who, who would, I mean, like, legitimately, though, would you just go with AOD, Bodies in Panic, Please Youth, Mental Abuse? <laughs> like, who do you, who do you want on this um, list? Well, okay. Depression? If it's, if it's my list for just Damien's personal list, obviously Mental Abuse. But if I'm making mm-hmm. this, like, looking at this as being, like, a, a broader representation of the state and of the scene that they kind of came out of, I'm saying AOD. But AOD claimed New York just – they run the New York Thrash Comp. Yeah, but I don't think they, – they, they just, like, got – they lucked out and were playing that scene. Not lucked out, but they were, like, playing that scene. But I think they, like, rep New Jersey pretty hard. Jersey's yeah. got a comp, right? That's true. I mean, I I – Love AOD, you know, by our records. We've, we've done the deep dive before. Um, yes. But uh, I think it has to be New Jersey. I mean, it has to be the Misfits for New Jersey just because 
I mean, I, I don't know. I think that's important for them. But th- there's a lot of bands on here that I'm not familiar with, and that makes me feel like, you know, I've spent decades of my life into this. And it's like, uh, I, I, I do love, I just, I just realized this because I'm looking at the list now, that Backstabbers Inc. got New Hampshire. And I think that is such a uh, hilarious that's, like reference. <laughs> that's not that. Oh my god! I didn't. Even, I couldn't even read that. That's backstage. No, I couldn't read it either until I'm screen, scrolling down and reading it. And it's just like, yeah, I saw them. Like, like, but the, they're like that's super. Like, did the guy is the writer of this? Where's he from? I don't know. They must have had multiple writers because, like, it's just like too random. Like, it's got to be someone with like a lot of different friends. Um, that is the, that is such a deep pull. I like, I love it. Um, I think NOTA when they were like, someone like told them friends were making this list. Like, yeah, we got this one in the bag. Uh, I think, I think we're going to get Oklahoma on this one, guys. I think we've, we played our cards, right? I think, I think we're going to do it. We're the only people think of from here. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they gave it to brother inferior who I, you know, Maybe wait, one like, of the best bands I ever saw live, but wait, wait like it also it's like weird. Like they've got I'm looking through this list and it's like they, they were one of the best bands you ever saw live. Do you ever see Brother and Fear? They were crazy live. They were what? super super good. Yo, your band's obsessed with Brother and Fear. Andy posted something about Brother and Fear. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I can't, like I can't like I remember the their side of the NOTA split. I don't know. I guess I got to go back and listen to some Brother Inferior records. They're a lot more melodic than you remember them being. Okay. But intense, the singer was just like, like just on 10. Um, the, like I saw, I love that we haven't discussed anything in this episode, by the way. We'll um, get to the episode the, shortly. <laughs> the, uh, the, I saw Brother Inferior and Whorehouse Representatives at Stog 13 in Philly. And like in like, 90s style like the they got there very late like the show like whatever like locals may have played it i don't remember then there was like probably a comfortable two and a half to three hours and then those two touring bands arrived so like no one was there like i feel like that show was like nicole and janine from uh witch hunt and, like john collins from dead alive and me maybe like greg daly and tony pointless and like maybe two other people like probably like Rich and Lisa. Like there was no one there. Like that that's not me just like naming who was cool. Like that's literally I think everyone that's who in the was room. there. Yeah. And they played super intense. Like they were just just went for it. And like, yo, straight up, there's no one here. You you guys could probably just call it. Like I've definitely seen like Uprise play to like a more crowded practice. And <laughs> and it was just like yeah, it's what, what you do, um, and uh, yeah, like they, the dude was just like completely on ten the whole set. It's like, yo, this this is why you're, this is why you'll remain remain in my memory. Like I never like, I never really go back to the records, but like they were intense live, and the records aren't bad. Yeah, like no, like I I enjoy the records, but yeah, but like in looking at the uh, collector scum, I don't think that uh, debris or Johnny the Knuckleheads really had much of a chance of getting this one <laughs> no i don't think so either it's it's a uh though i love that debris record it's you know. and the, los reactors you know that that's a 
a good kill by death kind of record. But it's yeah. a great kill by death yeah. kind of record. Like it's weird though. What like if you read here when they say like why they disqualified some bands for like like being too metal, like Coalesce was disqualified because they were too metal. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like then they've got other bands on here where I'm like, well, I don't know. Like I guess this is like all in the same wheelhouse, but it seems like if you're broadening it up a little bit, you might as well just broaden it up completely to anything that kind of falls in the hardcore parameters. Do you think that Verse should have gotten it over Drop Dead for Rhode Island? Ah, uh, wow. <laughs> like, like, I, I like Drop Dead, you know, like I, like, I know I met those guys in Verse, like back at, when we were touring, um, we played with them, I think one time, or like they were in some other band we played with and like really cool people. But like for me, yeah, like Drop Dead 100%. Yeah, I think they're like it's just I guess where you fall. I mean, yeah. Verse are an extremely big band from Rhode Island. Is it yeah. a who's that other like melodic hardcore band that was like the the eighties one uh, from Rhode Island? Uh, a trial? Oh, they did a trial. Uh, no, no, uh, no. But the uh, Verbal Assault. Verbal Assault. Yeah, yeah. they're Rhode Island, right? Yeah, they weren't Vermont or something like that. Yeah, no, I think they're Rhode Island, and that record's fucking incredible. Like the the first LP, and then that record trial too is amazing, and it's kind of like. You know, if we're, I think we're like a certain age, we would say that 100%. But I think Drop Dead, like to me, Drop Dead is like one of the most important. Like, you talk about a band that invented a genre, like they kind of like inspired yeah. so many fucking bands. Yeah, I think they would be, um, they would be my Rhode Island on this, uh, this map. Yeah. And Do I you would, feel like picking his here. Yeah. Go, oh, no, I was going to say, I Boston guess is the one that I would also say, uh, I would pick personally. Last rights or negative effects, but or, or Slapshot, but that's because I think uh, I like those bands. And Slapshot had songs about maps. Yeah, you know they would true. want this. They would want this. They really want this. They're pissed. <laughs> Chokes pissed. Yeah, and you're next. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't have a problem with uh, SSD getting uh, Massachusetts. Like that. That makes sense to me. It like, makes sense. You're right. Uh, it makes sense. It because if if they picked. If they picked last rights as much as like I want chunks played at my funeral, like if they put, if they pick last rights, like it'd be kind of like you're just picking like an obscure record. Whereas you know, SSD, you know, showed us how to rock. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. SSD is like that band. I like you know, if like if they're doing like weird random modern picks for some places, like if I was going to do like a more modern pick for there, I'd say mental. You know, because like once again, that's a band that changed, like changed the game. But you know, uh, but SSD is like kind of you know unfuckable with as the pick. You know, yeah. I mean, if they picked like you know dump truck or something like that, it'd be kind of weird. That would be fucking um, awesome. <laughs> yeah, but they, if, they said, w- if they picked Mind Eraser, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain. No, they, you know, they, they kind of had a whole bunch. But yeah, I mean, why does it just say DFJ? Yeah, DFJ. You know, like, DFJ. That would be fucking awesome. Yeah. It was just yeah, like for, for the state of yeah, we could have gone with the early doctors like Slapshot Jerry's kids, but we just went with uh, Justin Detore. We just <laughs> yeah. want to just put him as the list. <laughs> and that'd be awesome for like Washington. They have like RJ. Like even though he grew up <laughs> in Long Island, we still like <laughs> recognize him as being integral part. But what about Sexfit for Washington? 
Yeah, I mean, they, they're also they could have been up there. I'm sure they got the call and they maybe turned it down. You know, <laughs> yeah, they turned it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I you know, like seven seconds. Obviously, you can't fuck with that pick. Yeah, they they knew they were getting that one. They had that one in the bag. Logical nonsense. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't have a I don't have a better choice. Yeah, I guess I don't have a better choice either. Um, you know, it's it's kind of hard to. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard sometimes. Yeah. Like some of these places, I'm not necessarily familiar enough, and I know I'm forgetting some bands in some cases. I thought Shell Shock was a pretty a pretty uh, shocking pick for uh, Louisiana, but I guess that, that should have been I Hate God. It should have been I Hate God. Like I think Shell Shock's like the obviously the more hardcore hardcore type pick, but mm-hmm. I Hate God. I think, dude, they even records on Bovine. Yeah. They count. I I mean I guess I could make you can make the argument that they're not a hardcore band. Yeah. Um but you know, there's yeah, I mean who else would you was I uh, uh, uh what were they called? Uh, Reason of Insanity. I believe they were from Louisiana, <laughs> right? Yeah, I was gonna say the Red Rockers until they moved to San Francisco. Yeah. Um it's you know, like that's that's the thing though, like you like is I hate God like a hardcore band no but like are they like hardcore if you're considering culture his hero has gone guy in a punchline and it, it like it, it jfa and black flag hardcore it's like yeah i think they fall in there yeah you know i, I mean I, yeah i mean i i would have put i hate god but that's you know without even doing like a ton of research you know but that that's who i would pick yeah yeah, I, I agree. I would have picked that too. Dykroitzen, I guess you know that's a that's an obvious one that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's. I mean it sucks that I can't get Necros on here, but you know, I I, I get it that you know we just need to have integrity. <laughs> you definitely. <need. laughs> uh, I would like you know no disrespect to integrity. Uh, but you know, because they are one of my favorite yeah, bands get, of yeah. all time. But I would say I I would have the H one hundreds there potentially. But you know, uh, you can't fuck with integrity yeah. as the pick. Yeah, like once again, like I'm I'm I accept it. You know, like whether or not is it, are they my favorite band from Ohio? Uh, no, but like if someone's, I I totally make sense. Yeah, it would be yeah. awesome if it was the inmates. It'd be a, a deep deep cut, but. It would be very. Yeah, it would be just as weird as, as yeah. Charles Bronson. <laughs> weird as Charles Bronson. <laughs> like, but that I think also speaks to like the thing I like about the Charles Bronson pick on this one is like you know my thesis about Chicago really kicking its punk scene into high gear in the nineties. It's a, it's just yeah. like yeah, Charles Bronson over Los Crudos. Like Los Crudos is one of those bands that I think you know, has had just like such an, a huge cultural impact. Like obviously Mark McCoy and, and everything he's done. And like Charles Bronson have had a massive impact as a band, but like, mm. I don't know. Crudos is Crudos. Crudos is an extra, like an in, important band of the nineties, an important band, you know, like, like nationally, very important, like not even for the state, like no, yeah. important for the country. And I would um, say not yeah. even just important for punk, and hardcore, like I would say, important for like, like music and like for for I don't know, just like 
you know, like fucking Zach DeLaRocha at the height of, of like the Rage Against the Machine bubble uh, was like wearing a fucking Los Crudos shirt. Like, so it's having an impact on the most powerful, you know, or popular, I should say, musician at the time. Yeah, and I mean, he must have known someone because he got a Crudo shirt that was like very legible. Yeah, I feel like it was like it fit him correctly. I remember you know, like, like at the know. time being mortified because we were kind of with him, but Jonah, <laughs> the guy Jesse Parker who played uh, drums in Scare Tactic and Career Suicide, uh, and played I think he played another instrument in Career Suicide too at different times. I think he actually sang and played guitar sorry in Scare Tactic too. Um, but he like straight up asked Martine about that fucking shirt. Like when Los Crudos played here in Toronto, like Los Crudos coming to Toronto, you know, granted these weren't massive shows, but to it was like a huge fucking deal. And they came here and they played like a week straight of shows just in Toronto and, and surrounding areas when they finally came mm-hmm. up here, which was like towards the end, I guess. Cause it was like, was it on the 98 tour where they just played everywhere? Yeah. It was like the, just after the LP came out. And so, yeah, it was, but it was amazing, you know, but Jesse Parker straight up asked Martine. We're like, oh, my God, don't do that. And he was like, what, asked him what? Like why they're why? Like, like how, how, how did that? How did your shirt wind up in the richest machine video? And he, well, Mar- I mean, Martine was cool yeah. and answered. But Martine was like, yeah, like they asked. They came to us and got permission to, to, to wear that shirt. And like asked if it was cool. I mean. But it's not like Zach was like a, a product of the, I mean, he was in heart stance, you know, case yeah. closed. Yeah. Aren't they on this map? Yeah. They're no, the heart stance did not make it. I think we would have to lose your precious black flag though. Right. I mean, that's a reality we have to face. I guess. Oh, wait, you know? wait a second. How the fuck is brotherhood? Not the band for Washington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good point. It's like, Oh my yeah. God. Uh, yeah. They're, they're up there as important. I, I mean, I, yeah, brother, it'd be really funny if Brotherhood made it, dude. It would not. But like, it'd be awesome if Backstabbers Inc. and and uh, <laughs> Charles Bronson, and, you know. No, but if they were gonna not do a, like a, like a a legacy pick like the Accused, then it would probably be like Champion or some band that probably it would has not like be Champion in two thousand eighteen. Sex, sex scandal, yeah, yeah, it would not um. be Champion anymore. <laughs> oh, whoops. Yeah, yeah they it, really betrayed. They really betrayed us. Yeah, it um, would. It would be. Uh, it would be. But it would be like. It'd be awesome. If it was Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That'd be like a real like like the punk books we all got as a kid, where it's just like Sex Pistols, <laughs> Sex Pistols, then Nirvana. That was it. There was nothing in the middle. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Like it's. It's kind of like it's. It's. It's cool. Like I. I love this fucking map because it's like fun to go through and there's like some picks that I definitely agree with. Obviously, some picks that I have different picks for. Um. And and it gives me some bands to check out because like if someone's claiming these bands represent the state, they've got to be worth looking into a little bit. Yeah. I mean, now we can just really check out Bent Life and learn all about them. Yes. Um, or, uh, year of the knife from Delaware. The well, Delaware's song. like boy sets fire must've been so pissed. Dude, that would have been, Oh, I totally forgot about boy sets fire. They would have definitely been my pick. That song about There's the, they're the band from, from Delaware. Yeah. Yeah, dude, they were at one point they were like, like refused big in hardcore. 
Like they yeah, felt like they were, they were crossover. Yeah. And become like something, you know, to the world at large. And in Europe, they're still that band. Really? Yeah. Like we played with uh, the singer's other band one time in Europe and it was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, everyone is, is definitely all in. Not everyone, but like, but people are definitely all in. Well, I mean, I guess someone's got to be. It's I like I I still fuck with that uh, split with jazz. What was it? Jazz man's needle. What a terrible name for a yeah, band. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> a terrible, terrible name for a band. Yeah, uh, how was that not taken? I'm sure their jazz man's needle won on Discogs. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no one beat them to that. No one's taking that. No one. No one wants that. I'm trying to think. Like, I think they're you know obviously logical nonsense. New Mexico, but I know them for getting someone else that would have been awesome for New Mexico. Yeah, they, they're the one that I think of. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they, that makes sense. Yeah, agnostic front for New York. You know, like who else are you going to pick? I mean, Chromax. I I know I knew two very <laughs> people that have an opinion on that. Um, that, that would want to talk about it, that hate each other. Um, <laughs> so but yeah, I, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure it, that just, right now somewhere, uh, um, what the, God, why am I blanking on his name? I want to name, uh, who was the singer that, the, the singer before JJ it was like Eric, uh, oh, Eric, I think uh, it, yeah. What is his fucking anyway? Yeah. Eric. Yeah. Like that Casanova, guy, his band. Eric, yeah. Yeah. Eric Casanova. <laughs> He's he's got a lot. He was probably real pissed when he saw that he got his band got overlooked. Um, I like. No, I still but, think Agnostic Front though. Like you think the Max and Rock and Roll beef. It was like, it was like New York. They were the band that was the face of it. You know, you think about the Phil Donahue New York Hardcore episode. It's kind of like ultimately all about them. They they were Road Dogs and they were uh, a band that. I mean, they broke up from what, like ninety three to ninety seven. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they were a band from like eighty one ish to current. So, like, they weren't like the first New York hardcore band per se, but they were like if if you just put like the Mob or Urban Waste or the Abuse, like you would just be making like a vanity pick because yeah. <laughs> they don't you know they don't have enough material. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. On At that least one. the mob, the mob did come back. Obviously, I, I, you could you could make the, you could make the argument for Madball though. Yeah, but I mean, but why would you pick Madball if you let they be like, who's your favorite DV band? Disclose. Like, why would you just say Discharge? Um, we, yeah, but like I think, I still think Madball's like a different like if I think of like like the style of New York hardcore, like obviously. Mm-hmm you know, agnostic fronts, the foundation of it, but like, it's more typified by, I think, Madball sound, you know, of what like New York hardcore means in 2018. But sick of it all also sick of it all. You're right. Could could be another big one. Yeah, you're right. Like I think a couple years ago, like not a couple years ago, like maybe like 10 years ago, it would have been sick of it all. Yeah. Maybe maybe we're like 18 years ago now. But only one of these bands put out Victim in Pain. And that's yeah. why they yep. get the whole state. Yep, you're right. You're right. That's true. It's like kind of like, you know. I do want to take, you know, I like Catharsis. And Catharsis is a massively fucking important band to fucked up. And Mike and Josh's kind of like journey in punk. Mm-hmm. So I kind of owe them my career at a certain point. But like I still think, 
you know, North Carolina, there were some like pretty fucking cool bands that came out of there and some cool hardcore stuff that came out of there that could be also be up on there. Yeah, but if, if the if Kerrang was just like North Carolina, Bloodmobile. Everyone it would have been super funny. <laughs> that would have been so sick. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't scrolled down to see if they really talk about the why are we here comp much in that, you know, but they don't at all. You know, I mean they don't <laughs> they don't mention right, it. Come on, what, what kind of what kind of rag is this? Well that's the thing, is like that's a fucking important comp. Right? Like it well, Yeah, I mean I it I I had it, you know, important. Yep. Um, I still have the tape. I uh I I I I have the comp actually. I got it a couple years ago. Finally found it and it was a huge moment. Awesome. So why are we here? Yeah. But do you have the uh, the tape comp? No. Where'd you get the tape comp? Uh probably eBay, I don't know. Yeah. I mean important so you know i I needed to get that just to really you know make sure i had all my no label stuff covered um um yeah i mean i i fucking love coc i love coc i definitely uh i think coc should should probably have been the pick yeah i mean that definitely would have been my pick but they're like a top u.s hardcore band for me yeah yeah i agree and it's like it's funny because you go back and listen to that band I was just listening to after this episode. In fact, I went back and listened to, you know, COC and it's like, man, they were fucking amazing right out of the gate. Yeah. Well, they're a band that, um, I question if they intended to sound the way they did. Uh, because like, yeah, I, I question if, if, if I, I mean, as I said, I for is one of my like favorite records of all time. And I'm not just like saying that, like, it, it is, but I question if that's like what they wanted when they made it, you know, like, because they didn't see anything else that really like, cause the no core comp doesn't really sound like is, doesn't sound that much like it, mm-hmm. but then, then they had put up this kind of like slow ish, like heavy record with eye for an eye. And then they just like really create crossover. Um, so, you know, I, I just wonder if like, yeah, I mean, what they were going for, if they nailed it, or if they were just like, it was like, just, we're in North Carolina, the guy who's recording us doesn't know how, what we're trying to do. Yeah, like, it seems like also the influence of Eric Ike, Ike or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, the, I don't know if it's Ike or Ike, I've never, I don't know. Yeah, yeah the singer passed away. Like, I was definitely, mm-hmm. like, reading a little bit about it, and apparently, like, he was, like, a legit tough dude, and, like, like the band didn't like him and was kind of freaked out by him a little bit. So I imagine <laughs> he had a bit of an influence on the sound too. Mm-hmm. Um, like hey, he's he's thing. wearing that hat. Like he's the singer of ACDC. <laughs> exactly. And there's this whole thing about like how they had to fire him. <laughs> and yeah, uh, but if you look at the back cover, I don't have it in front of me. But the back cover of I for night doesn't also have like Mike Dean just looking like jacked, just like, just like, like skinny jacked shirtless on the back cover, like playing bass. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, then that guy with either a bandana or a stupid hat or something. I don't know what's going on with Eric. But, but that, that's yeah, the thing like, is, like, he, like, he, but, like, he has that hardcore boogeyman thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's, like, the the person in the scene who's, like, oh, don't fuck with that dude. That guy's crazy. He also yeah. looks, like, fucking massive, dude, on the back of Eye for an Eye. 
Like, but like, look at Mike Dean. But Mike, Mike Dean is like, like, like he just got out of jail. Yeah, but he's like a little kid there, right? Like he's 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 ripped to shit. He looks like a little Harley. Um, but <laughs> he looks like uh, the singer of R and R. He looks like Joe Shumsky. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> he does look like Joe Shumsky. <laughs> but Eric's like Eric apparently was like a big ass dude. And look at your like he's all hunched over here. But look at that! Mm-hmm. Look at those fucking arms, dude. He looks like a like a fucking wrestler. Yeah. I, I he, he's got one of my favorite voices. He, like he's such a hard singer. Yeah, yeah, huge fan, huge fan, huge fan. This is like us. Look, look, we're talking about the episode now. I know um, we finally did it. But when you uh, there's a future guest of yours that I think I, I've had multiple conversations with about COC um, because they have a differing opinion than me, and I accept their opinion, but I don't agree. Uh, that, about that they go later they they sway later than my taste for csc a lot of people i know sway later a lot of people like animosity like you know there's a lot of you know you know people that even go later than that because they change again they become kind of like a sludgy band Um, well that's what i'm talking about i'm saying the person in question uh goes like deliverance as like their go-to yeah Um, but like i like no i mean like i for is one of my you ever have records where you you your favorite might be what it is, but you acknowledge that it's not their best record. Yeah, hundred percent. Whereas I feel like, whereas I for an eye is my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that I for an eye is my fa- like my favorite, but I kind of accept that Animosity is probably a better record. I think Animosity is a more important record, but I still like. I, I don't know, like if it's a better record, you know, because it's like. One is, you know, like kicked off a new genre, but one's almost like genre defining. Yeah. I mean, if you put on the B side of animosity, it's flawless. And it's just like that recording is like the perfect amount of shitty. It's just like, yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many, like this is a real jock bro answer right here. But like the amount of like mileage I've run to like in- intervention or hungry child, like those songs have been on so many like running playlists because I think it just fucking it's just the bass tone, the vocals, fucking perfect. Yeah. But I I for an eye like living a life of pain to seat, waiting for death, no one will weep. Fucking you know, there we go, perfect. Like dark, angry, like negative hardcore record. I for an eye, but. If you want to, like, I'm not, you know, if I want to go run around the lake, I'm going to throw on animosity. How sick is this? I had no idea about this release, but we get to talk about NOTA again because there's a COC NOTA split release. Yeah, what is this? Dude, I have no idea. It's like a live, it's like two live sets. One is CBs and one it, it looks like. Crystal Man, look Pixel. at that CB set. Crystal Pistols, like that. Is that the same as the live at Crystal Pistol? Why does it also have a, a COC track at the end of I don't the, know. The, I was just trying to think of that. Do you also notice it's a side one and a side A? Look at them <laughs> co headlining. Um, uh, now, that's well, this is a weird 1980s. I want to look at this. I, I want to see if it's the same as the live at Crystal Pistol. Uh, set, set of curiosity, toys. It's a sick looking tape. I I, th- I think it's the exact same. Uh, maybe it's not because 
it looks very similar to the uh, the set, the other Live at Crystal Pistol set, like the 1983 record. Um, it might be like yeah. more songs, right? Because it's a, it's a tape. Yeah, this is eleven songs, and the other one is not numbered, so I have to count it. It's eleven songs. It's it's probably. I wonder if it's the same. Yes, but Crystal Pistol is like the club that was yeah. in Tulsa. So I mean, I'm sure they played. That's like where all their shows were. But this this would have come out before Live at Crystal Pistol would have come out, right? So according to this, Crystal Pistol came out in, live in as a cassette. Uh, not in '83. Oh wow! Okay. And and this weird French tape came out in '87. Yeah, because they're still a band at this point. Like NRTA breaks up in '87. It says right. So like they mm-hmm. would have still been. This would have been, I guess, probably before they would have broken up. I would imagine. Oh, is, well, is it no, I'm, such a, I'm such a dummy that I'm like going back and forth, and then I just scroll down to the notes, and it says this is their <laughs> complete life. Yeah. Oops. I could have just read the whole thing. Um. I wonder what these these COC how this live stuff is. I wonder if I've heard it before because I've gone to, down the live tape rabbit hole of COC. I imagine because this looks like it was an official release in some capacity, right? Like it's got bands kind of contact informations, things like that. Yeah, this is a cool tape. It looks so fucking sick. See, if I'd known about this before, I probably would have had one because I would have made it my, my beeswax to really get one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're glad you cured yourself of the disease? Yeah. I mean, I I, 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 I had some self-cures too. Like at one point I was really buying a lot of COC shirts and I just kept getting shirt after shirt that fit weird. And I'm like, I have like six COC shirts and they're all terrible. I'm like, I got to stop. <laughs> and I stopped. <laughs> uh, well i guess that's your scared straight moment yeah i was like oh, god i have so many coc shirts that are ill-fitting um well, we kind of fell into yeah. talking about this episode now so okay uh, so i guess we'll, before we well, get I'll stick with it well yeah before we get too deep more into it uh any general notes off the top because like for me this was uh i don't know like i'm a obviously he's played a huge role in my life because he was the first song i danced to at my wedding um mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I'm a, I'm a fan as uh, many people are of his stuff, but, uh, to get a chance to sit down and talk to the dude from iron and wine about all sludge core. Like there was really nothing that deviated from like that kind of like weird periphery kind of margin of punk rock, um, was fucking awesome. I, I was like ear to ear smiles. Yeah. I just didn't really, I guess I mean, I, I don't know if you told me because you did this one a while ago, but then it just it had it for a bit, right? Yeah, I lost uh, it. Happened just before um, my mom passed away. Um, I did it, and I just misplaced that hard drive and just kind of rediscovered it the other day, and was like, okay, I got to put this out. But yeah, no, um, it was definitely a I, while ago. I think you mentioned to me the cavity thing. Mm-hmm. And that's but, but like I kind of forgot. And then when it came back up again, it's like that's such a random, random yeah. reference for that dude. Well, it's so funny too because like it, you can tell it's one of those people where like you know, and this is obviously because he's a huge songwriter, like definitely like one of the defining songwriters of this era. But like you could tell, like he, he 
you know, hasn't kept up with, you know, avail status as far as like a legendary punk band internationally, or like the fact that Cavity's like kind of like the band, you know, like talk about a band that could be given that state status for Florida in addition to culture. It's like Cavity, you know, was that band. They yeah. have fucking records on Pusshead's label. Yeah, they were on Man's Ruin, the, the, yeah. the real purveyors purveyors of 10 inches. Yep, they were definitely – They, I think they might have uh, – do they have a 10-inch on Man's Ruin? Uh, I don't know. I mean, did Super Collider come out as a 10-inch? I think it was just an LP. Okay. I mean, they don't even know if they did it on vinyl. They only did it as a CD. CD. Yep. On vinyl, you have to go to Fair Warning to be label mates of mine. <laughs> Which is – Fucking thank God Fair Warning exists to put that out because, like, yeah, it's weird that Man's Ruin at that at some point became a CD only label. Yeah, I don't know why that, that like, that's like, yeah, that goes like against what they were. Do you remember you know, the Sarouche like, episode that we that I did like years ago? I think it was before footnotes existed. You ever hear that? I'm one? sure I, I listened to all of them. Uh, where he talks about how there's like a warehouse somewhere in Brooklyn full of Man's Ruin product from when Vice was supposed to be distributing it. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that's. But I mean, I don't know if those records are still as expensive. But I feel, I feel like I was trying to get some of those records, and they were hard to get. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all at a print like, now. It's like you can't get it. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, like because just like trying to get like Fu Manchu and Electric Wizard and Caius, like that kind of stuff. Like that stuff was hard to find. Yep. Yeah. No, I like. Uh... It's definitely like it, all those records go for like a shit ton of money now too. Even yeah, I'm sure they all still do. But like, yeah, that dude he, he referenced as I I think I said it in the email. Like one of the things that was like a weird thing for me with with this episode was like how it was hard for me to like put an age on him because yeah. he kept he named dropped a bunch of bands that were like bands that were around for like decades. So it's like well. Someone being like Wayne to Fugazi in a veil, this could be like, this could be 1998 or this could be like 1991. Or actually, when did a veil start? A veil. 92? A veil, but uh, it must have been a little bit later into a veil because when they first started, Tim was the drummer. I think he's even the drummer mm-hmm. on the first seven inch. Like, I think they have a different singer on that first single. Um, I never think about that, but to say that makes sense. Is- same uh who's to say what stays the same is he the singer on that no he's he's the drummer on that that's weird i don't think i i don't i don't think i've ever heard that record i've got two different versions of it but i would be uh remiss to say if it's like my favorite avail record do you have the uh, do you have it on gold and red i only have it on gold i need a red i have it also on um, the regular I- version too <laughs> It's amazing that that's like I, the same turning point yeah. color breakdown too. Yeah. It was just the style of the time. 1991. That's how we do things. Uh, yeah. I saw him around the attempt to regress era. Um, the first time in like Paramus, New Jersey. I but, saw him. I guess, yeah. I, 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 guess I don't I, think I knew he didn't sing the whole time. Um, yeah, no, I, I think attempt to regress is when he first sings. No, he, he sings on the first LP. Which I guess came mm. out first. Um, does he sing on that? Yeah, he must sing on that. It's so yeah, weird to think does. that they like you know, yeah, that he wasn't the singer at first, and like, there's no bow. That'd be a, a good like kind of deep dive to think about uh, bands that did that. 
like where that they change uh like the singer is not always the original mm-hmm. like someone who joined plays an instrument and then switches over to vocals or like that well we've talked about a couple of them already today career suicide um, yeah. <laughs> fucked up uh yeah um uh fuck uh, accused uh if you want to go also if you just want to really keep it with our with ourselves uh the first four days Dead Nation taped, the uh, original drummer sang one song and then Molnar sang uh, for the days two and three. Oh, and really? On day four. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, I don't think that was ever going to go anywhere. I mean, but the uh, original formation of, of that band um, was like Randy wrote a song and played it for Molnar. Then Molnar came over. They recorded two, two or three songs. Then the next day, the bass player came over and they recorded two or three songs then like i think they might be like a, you know a day or two in between and then i came over and we recorded two songs and that's started that yeah like it, but, but bands that like put out real records put out records as so, like yeah coc coc for sure um avail um um uh, didn't uh kaminal didn't he play drums on the killing time seven or the toke he played he was in token entry, but I think was was the dude who sang a token entry playing an instrument beforehand. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's I like it's like it's it's almost like the rule would have to be it have to be like in the same band. Yeah, yeah, because you know Ray Capo played drums in bands, but he didn't. Yeah, yeah. like it wasn't like Youth Today where he like switched at some point or something. Yeah, Ray, yeah, Rabies, uh you know, play drums and bands, but he didn't. Then Warzone's its own thing. Yeah, yeah. I guess like wasn't. I'm trying Did to... he play drums in the Tommy Carroll era, or the uh, Tommy Rat era? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He was a drummer in that era, but I guess okay, like they didn't so, put yeah. it on record records, just demos. Not till not till Cooch got his not hands on it. Yeah, not till the modern era. Um, yeah. uh, another thing that I love talking about is the fact that he played his first show uh, opening for the Unsane. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's another thing that I think is, is, I mean, that just might be what happens when you grow up in a, uh, like a small town, like, you know, or, I mean, I don't know what, he never says what town he grew up in, but he was in, he was South Carolina, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's big parts of South Carolina, but the idea of not playing a show until you have like a record out, it seems weird to me. Yeah. Very, very kind of like different, you know? And it's like, especially like someone who kind of like arrives so fully realized as like a songwriter. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, yeah. wow. How did that? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it just seems like such a unlikely thing. It's like, it's almost like it's faded. Well, it's, 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 is, is it? Yeah. Cause I mean, he's, if he didn't play any songs until like, well, wait, hold on. Do, do they have, what was the first thing they did? 2002. So they started off with an LP. They didn't yeah. do any singles. Uh, well, I guess call your boys was a single too. Um, it's but, crazy that you're also opening label as sub pop. Yeah. Well, he kind of was discovered by sub pop, right? Like it seems like he's saying like sub pop encouraged him to like put out this stuff as a record. Well, they wanted to use that van, I guess. <laughs> like, uh, we got to get this fucking van on the road, man. We got to make some money. As, as things uh, that when I was talking to Amy, my partner, about this, she wanted to acknowledge that um, 
that he's a local act because I believe he lives in, in Dripping Springs, Texas now, okay. which is like Travis County. Like it's near where I live. Um, and that, um, in, and I told her how, uh, that was your wedding song that, uh, a friend of ours, uh, she attended a wedding where he performed at the wedding. Oh, so wow. okay, they raise you one bar higher. Well, originally um, Dallas green, of city and color fame and podcasting was supposed to play us down the aisle. And he was supposed to cover another Austin, Texas native Rocky Erickson, but mm-hmm. he got double booked on a gig and couldn't play it. And now ladies and gentlemen, for the first time, and it just goes right <laughs> into like two headed dog. <laughs> It'd be amazing. If I gave on the two-headed dog. Now it was lovely. <laughs> love the living. You was the, uh-huh. the song we were getting on the aisle for, but um, I guess this like, one is owed to Abraham Lincoln. Um, <laughs> So fucked up. Never played any weddings. No, we've never played weddings. We played a birthday party one time. Have you uh, played a festival where someone got married during your set? Does that we, count? We've had a couple engagements, and then one time I forgot to do the engagement for this guy in the middle of the set, and he was so <laughs> pissed at me afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, that's really funny. I had a lot on my mind up there. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I was legitimately sorry. I felt really bad, but he was no, really of course, pissed. Yeah. He was really pissed. No, but that's, well, I hope they still, you know, figured it out. You know, uh, yeah, I think I hopefully, hopefully, like, did he have to, their happy propose during like Vivian Girls or something like that instead? <laughs> no, like, no, it, it was on uh, one of the tours we opened for. They he would have had to propose during the Foo Fighters set or the Arcade Fire set. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure what era fucked up this was. Yeah, yeah, those were those are the only. Uh, oh no, the Bronx too. We opened for the Bronx on a tour one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the. Uh, Bronx would have been very accommodating. I can't see the Foo Fighters and the Arcade Fire being as accommodating. They probably know, the Foo Fighters like bring people up on stage all yeah. the time. You know, they probably wouldn't have fucked it up. They probably definitely no. wouldn't have fucked it up. Oh well, a couple of pr- they're pros up there. They know, they know how to do a, a nuptial. Yeah, um, yeah, but the, the idea of never playing a show until your like first LP on like a a very large indie. Like they're not sub pop's not a major label, but they're they're up there. It just seems crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I guess the whole story is like it got like he had he like he had a song, and they got it to like his friend gave a demo to the guy from Band of Horses, who passed it mm-hmm. on to the person who did Yeti magazine, and they included a song on one of their compilations. That was heard by Jonathan Poneman. All right. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And that's how it kind of like made the circuit, I guess. Um, But like, yeah, it's like that is a true Cinderella story in music. Yeah, because I mean, that just seems like what are the odds, especially. Yeah. And then to just keep going and then people, you know, it, it worked, you know, yeah, I don't think, I don't think sub pop had to like do it. I mean, I don't remember there being like a big marketing campaign. It seemed oh. like iron and wine came out and people liked it. Yeah. People were like, Oh, you I know, get it. this. Yeah. I'm into this. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually they, he started getting, and once again, I don't think they like, I think it's just cause his music fit this stuff. Um, you know, trust me as someone who used it as wedding. Um, but mm-hmm. he, he like, it starts getting the, these crazy placements, right? Like it starts getting put in all these TV shows and like 
in big movies and like, you know, the fuck it's in twilight. He's got a song in twilight. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's the sign of making it right there. You know, make it. Yeah. That's like the, the Kerrang map of, of all the country. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I mean, I guess that's one of the things with growing up in a place like South Carolina. I think you're always going to have some sort of rooting in country. Yeah. So even though he may have had his, his like his punk and his like skateboarding, I think you're always going to like still, who was the band he referenced? Like Marshall Tucker band or like something else. He's like, Oh yeah, I was also pretty into that. Yeah. I think it was Marshall Tucker band. Wasn't it? Yeah. I yeah. I put one of those songs on the playlist. So yeah, I, I should also say that the turned out punk playlists are, are kind of back. So I've done a couple of them. So keep checking for those. I'm right. trying to fill in the gaps again. Um, but yeah, like the, it's, it's one of those, it's, I guess like it's part of like what you grew up with, right? Like it's just part of like the air you breathe. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's even knowing all the people I know here in, in Texas, like I don't know shit about country, you know? And it, like, I, I know like the most scratch the surface about it because it just was not a thing that I grew up knowing about. You, you know? know about New Jersey country. The Bruce Springsteen machine. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I know Bruce Springsteen and, and Bon Jovi. You know, yeah. Skid Row. That's something that you and I can both agree on. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> Canadian New Jersey connection. Canadian New um, Jersey connection. But, but uh, I know all. You know, we all of us can agree on Warzone. But uh, the uh, yeah, I mean, or that's homies being an amazing I, song. I, I meant to actually listen to it before today's episode because of how much it was really – I mean, it's come up a lot. but It comes up a lot. Because of the, the most recent footnotes. Um, I also was going to try to come up with my top 10 Canadian songs, but I didn't. Because um, I seen that would be really hard. <laughs> I, I, but, not if you're Canadian, it's not, Dave. Trust me. No, I know. It, it just seems like – yeah, I mean, I, I actually meant to do it. I meant to, but I just didn't get around to it. But maybe I'll get it to you guys later. Um, that can make my playlist, you know. Um, Spotify playlist, yeah. <laughs> David up picks Canada. <laughs> yeah, here's here's my Canadian picks. We can Dave Martin can do it. His will be probably like really thoughtful though. His would definitely um, be amazing. He would it'd be better than my list of Canadian records. Yeah, you'd have to like look stuff up. Like, what is this? Yeah, like, how um, do you know this? <laughs> um. The, but that's another thing that just screams uh, like growing up somewhere small is the fact that he didn't go to any shows until he went to college. And, it, you know, clearly by like his like the his life currently, music was something that was very important to him. But I guess there just wasn't music to go see because like why would you know, as, as a fiend, you figure you would just go see whatever you can see just to see it. Yeah, like, it's one of those weird things, like, especially someone who winds up making music so much, like, as someone with no talent in music, like, I I wanted to be involved in it right from the get-go, you know? And it was like, yeah. how do I get involved in it, was almost, like, more the question. And, like, so when yeah. I hear someone talk about it, and, like, yeah, like, yeah, like I, I just didn't go to any shows till till, you know, the opportunity was there to kind of go to these shows, like... It just seems like it's a, just such a radically different experience than what I had. Yeah, same. I mean, I once I was like allowed to go to a concert, I went. And once I was allowed to like go to club shows, 
like as you know, I went to as many as my mom would allow. Yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah the idea of not doing what like not being like that he was conceivably like old enough to drive and potentially drink. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't like 21, but he's still probably, you know, he was in college. Yeah. And he's not the first guy to come on the show and, and, and have that story. Right. Like there's been a couple, Jeff Rowley didn't go to a show till Mm -hmm. he moved to America. Um, so there's been a couple of people in the past that, you know, and I guess it speaks to how important this culture was and, and is for, for a, for a split second, I I was thinking about the dude from Thursday who was also on this show, and I was like, "That dude's from New Jersey. What are you talking about?" Okay, oh yeah, never mind. No, the other the other Jeff. That's from the yeah, show. yeah, yeah. I, I I realized it, but yeah. I think this was a visual Jeff. podcast. The the confusion on my face would have been uh, um, yeah, probably. I don't know. You, you've had a lot of episodes that I, I can't think of all the, the Jeff. These are the Jeffs you know. These uh, are the Jeffs I know. I know. Um. Yeah, I'll take your word on that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess if you're just not around it, that's that's all you can do. And skateboarding, I think, is a way that can would got so many people into music they may not have ever heard. Because like the same way he says, you know, like you know, we were pretty far from Southern California, but like that's like dead on. If you're somewhere that was not a major city, Southern California was like just what the culture you probably looked at yeah, and aspired to. I'm sure that this dude dressed real silly. If he was like probably like a mix of South Carolina, but also trying to look like Southern California, I'm sure he just had a weird style because skateboarding style at that point in the late eighties was bad as it was. Well, skateboarding style. And then when I was into it, it was pretty bad too. Yeah. The raver yeah. days. Yeah, exactly. The, the whole alien workshop fresh jive yeah. era of skateboarding. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, that was something that I, I, I enjoyed, but it's also like, it just still seems so weird to just kind of like bounce around between doing bands that are like, like, Oh, it was kind of rocking. Oh, it was kind of jazzy. Oh, it was kind of like punk. It's like, what was it? I guess the thing is like, he uh, just like loved, you know, he's just a creative person, you know, like he's making films, like he's obviously, you know, eventually yeah, he, went take, school. he went to art school. He's taking in this stuff, going to these shows. Eventually he's making noise music. Like he seems like he's just like an artist. Yeah. And like, no, I agree. And, and he's just like, it's just like he get, he was, t- he takes an inspiration from obviously a lot of different places. And one of those places early on where he was taking inspiration from is, is punk and, and ultimately weirdly, it seems like almost unconsciously, uh, hardcore and ultimately a lot of sludgy stuff. Yeah. Which is such a weird, I mean, I guess it's just that part of the nineties yeah. in that, like when sludge was really just coming up. So yeah. to speak. I mean, if sludge ever comes up, but you know, that was, you know, just like the reaction to rock and roll, I guess was sludge. And, the, and legitimately, that's my favorite. Like, like, you know, if I'm, like, listening to stuff, like, stuff that I, like, don't actively collect and I don't actively pursue, I guess. But, like, I love that shit so much. Like, all those bands you mentioned, like, that stuff is just perfect for me. Like, that's kind of, like, I don't know, like, what would it even be, like, Southeastern American Sludgecore, I guess, or Eastern, you know. There's, there's definitely West Coast bands, too, but, like, I'm thinking of, like, Buzz Oven 
mm-hmm. you know, I hate God, uh, cavity. Um, there's tons more Bongzilla. I even put in and, there, but with bands like that, the thing that I also really enjoy about it is that it doesn't seem, it's not the same thing you get out of, I think like the California sludgy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like those, like bands like Buzzoven and I hate God are like, like as angry as like 82 black flag. Yeah. But they're yeah. playing sludge and that's what's, it's like ugly, angry music, which yeah. like is what speaks to me about that stuff. Yeah, you're right. Cause um, that is, that's true about all those bands. Like there is like an edge to it that like, you know, like that probably comes from like playing to people that hate what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what probably is speaks to me just as much as speaks to you is like that, like that punk attitude of like, fuck you, like room clearer kind of, yeah. Like you're, you're never going to see, I hate God. It's going to be like, I mean, I guess it was that same way the dude almost like died on stage, but you know, in general, they are like an aggressive band because of just like the, the start stop, so to speak, like just the crunch. Yeah. Um, and like it just seems like in listening to like an Iron Wine record and then being like then thinking about him going to see those bands or just, you know, being quote unquote in the pit for an I Hate God show. Um <laughs> I mean I don't know how much of a, he was a voluntary participator in that, but I like um, there there I saw them finally a couple of years ago and it's still one of my favorite concerts I've ever I've ever been to. I hate God? Yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I saw them like like this, like last March, like, you know, it's still, I didn't seen him before that, but like, it's still like cool. I mean, mm. the singer, I mean, Mike, Mike Williams looks, uh, looks pretty rough, but I mean, he's, he's, he's had health issues, so it makes total sense. Yeah. And, well, but, you know, and he's, and he's, he's like, he's lived it. Oh yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean that first record came out in like ninety. You know, I mean, I assume they had a demo of some sort, but I don't, I don't. Yeah, they have a cassette in eighty nine. You know, the infamous title of "Garden Dwarf Woman Driver." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> they they were yeah, like like I just love to think about like bands like that in like nineteen ninety and nineteen eighty nine. Like, who were they playing with? You know, like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, like, the idea of being like into that. Yeah. I guess like would they have like they're one of those bands to me that like I don't know, I'm I'm fascinated by Bloodlet. I was listening to them today. But like where do they fit, you know? Cuz like sonically they fit closer to like that stuff than anything else on Victory. Yeah. But I don't yeah, I mean I don't but yeah, it's always funny to think about like those kind of outlier bands. Mhm. Cuz I mean think about just to like bring it more to like closer to our era. I mean, blood, that's the same shit, but like bands like that were in the nineties, like bands like resurrection, you know, like to think about bands that were like, think about like resurrection playing with like gorilla biscuits, like yeah. resurrection were, were like nineties personified, but uh, you know, it's like, that's, that's not like this. The, it's not one of those shows where it's like, here's five of the same band. So the idea of like, oh, we're going to go see like Unsane, I Hate God, and Iron and Wine seems like the, the weirdest day. <laughs> you know, let's go check out, hang out with Guar and Avail and, and, you know, Mike Williams. But that could happen. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's the thing. It, it sucks that the the dude from Guar passed. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm sure his episode would have been bonkers. Oh, it would have been insane. It's like because the he one was, that got away. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I would have. You know, you had you you've had members of Guar on here, but you know, mm-hmm. and and like and, and people like you talk to them. His take on Ian Mackay is is radically different from a lot of people's from that were around at that era. You know, like he, he uh, he's not a fan. He wasn't a fan. Just bec- the because of the I don't I don't think I know much about his stance on Ian Mackay. There was like a, a some interview where he was talking about how he always felt like he was being bullied by those guys back then. You know, like was he around? Yeah, well, like, was like Dave Brock. Well, like with that, like Death Piggy and Minor Threat playing shows together. I guess, but Death Piggy would have been like you know he would have been like a little kid going to those shows. Mm-hmm. At that time, right? Like, what's the Death Piggy seven inch eighty three, eighty two, something like that? It's it's very early. Uh, I don't have it. I got it. Finally uh, got 84. it. Eighty four. Eighty four. The first one. Yeah. Um, I still need the other two. But I have the first. I finally got the first one, um, and it's yeah, definitely they're a uh, a band that you know is is important for a lot of reasons. But uh, yeah, he would have been someone that I would have loved to have on the show. Man, I well, if you need a death, think he's seven. The cheap, the cheapest one on the resource is seven dollars. <laughs> for which one? The uh... for love war. Oh, like a, a another copy of Love Wars? Oh my God! How come this record's so cheap now? I don't know. It's, it's, there must be something terribly wrong with this copy. Oh yeah. Oh, it's insert just, only. It's just an insert. Yeah. No okay. record. There we go. There we go. There you go. See, now. there you go. You can start putting one. You can start putting one together. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have I have the first one. I just don't have the second and the third one. Which well, looks, do you need another insert? No, Love I, War. I don't need a. a uh, but there you go. Like we were talking earlier about how. You can sometimes never get sleeves for records, but there on the on the resource right now, someone's selling an insert for a record. Yeah, it's for all those people that want to buy a Japanese record with no OB or just an insert. Discogs has you covered. <laughs> Discogs got you covered. Uh, um, I don't know if there's any more that you want to go on about this episode because we've talked for a long time. We talked for a long time. Uh, I don't think I. I mean, as I said, uh, oh, let me see. I, I had just general questions when I didn't realize it would just be me. Um, question being, how often do you get people that they give you their high school band demo? Because you ask every like person that says they have one. Yeah. And they're always like, oh, yeah, I'll send it to you. Does anyone ever t- do that? I'm very bad about following up. Um, mm-hmm. But it has happened. Like Jerry A sent me a package in the mail, not with his high school demo. Um, I've had a couple people. I don't know. But. Yeah, not not as much as I would like it to come through. Yeah, because it always comes up. I'm like, man, I'd love to find out about that. And they're like, I wonder if they ever actually do. Because it has happened. It'd probably be really hard to find them. Yeah, there's been a couple people though that have sent me stuff like, um, like you know, from the show that have come up and things like that. And it's always it's always awesome when it happens. But yeah, like there's there's a couple right now. There's a couple people right now that I'm actually. Like, you know, I'm now like, fine, fuck it. I'm going <laughs> to hound this person for this seven inches. Yeah, it's like demo. you ever get Michael Ian Black stuff? No, but I'm supposed to get that through another source that I still have to pursue. Yeah. So <clears throat> that will one day happen. Yeah, the other thing I just wrote down, well, besides 
Yeah, the only thing I'll, I guess I'll mention that I wrote down was uh, the talk of the Sex Pistols tour, how that kind of, I guess that is like kind of a, a, a big deal if you're from probably one of those states where they played. That does big probably have more of a lure. You don't think No, but I mean, no, I, and I'm not saying, I'm not discrediting its importance, but I think if you're from Tulsa, you know, like, oh, they played here, you know, it probably means something more just because like they actually played your little town. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you did you watch that uh the DOA Music War like the Sex Pistols tour movie that came out a long time ago and just recently got, you know, of the Blu-ray treatment? I haven't watched it on the Blu-ray, but I when it came out originally, I I saw it back then. Or like not when it came out originally, I should say, but like no, on a I don't bootleg. think you did, David. <laughs> yeah, like on a on a much degenerated bootleg copy, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Later on. But, yeah, uh, I just saw it re- recently and uh it is kind of funny to watch those those uh like those kind of like the people outside the shows and stuff like that do they show who they open who opened for them at all those shows i'm trying to remember i don't think they i just saw it like like two months ago or something like that so i should remember but uh i don't think they did i think they i mean they show like generation x and some other um you know like some other like stuff that's going on but it's not like they're not showing like the Avengers or anything like that that played the the, the, the shows or anything. Well, yeah, because I know the Avengers played the San Francisco show, um, but I was like, I wonder, oh, there's an Uproxx article where they're going through the entire tour. Um, let's see if they'd go through the opening acts. No, I'm not seeing anything yet. But... You know, because I'm like, I'm wondering who would open for them on the, some of these, like, on these Southern tour gigs. Like, who would for them in Atlanta? I don't know. You know, probably not Neon Christ. If they weren't a band yet. No, probably um, not Neon Christ found, yet. Foundation? I, um, yeah, foundation. No, but, uh, you know, I don't, I, I wonder if, like, if, I mean, if, if it was just, like, you know, bar band style where they're just, like, probably, like, no one playing. Um yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, I I work with a like, I don't work with him directly in the sense of that, but he's a someone that like, contracts through my job, who went to the the show uh, at the at the Longhorn or whatever on the Sex Pistols tour in Texas. Really? And uh, yeah, were they like a punk or were also, they just going for like the freak factor? Um, I mean, he was, I think he was like a, a teenager or like twenty, and I think he was just like, oh yeah, like. Well, this will be I think they were like aware of punk because of like the news yeah but he, he went to see like um the the Ramones around that time period and the Sex Pistols around that time period they both like toured like that winter or whatever um so he saw that but I think he just like I've t- I tried to like talking about other music and it kind of like didn't go the way you wanted it to <laughs> you know it, it wasn't it didn't just immediately turn into like the Huns, you know, like it was, it was just, but you know, it was still like, you know, he saw the sex pistols on that tour. That's crazy. You know? Yeah. Well, that, that would I, have I mean, been, I, that, I don't know who else played. Yeah. Like I, I wonder who would have been, cause that's so early on, but there were punk bands in America, obviously Avengers playing San Francisco. I think the mutants played too. No, maybe not. I don't remember that. I, that sounds right though. The weirdos maybe I, there's definitely like a, a marquee. I can picture, but yeah, I feel like most of the stuff just says like the the bands and that's it. Yeah, you're um, right. 
because I think that that was just the spectacle. That would have been like I know people that had tickets for the Toronto show that when when they got canceled, obviously after uh, after the band broke up, but like that would have been such an amazing tour to kind of take in. Obviously, because the band you know wasn't at their best musically at that point, but like just we're at the, like the peak of freak factor. And to just kind of like see an audience reacting to that would have been an incredible thing to behold. Yeah. And, and like in certain ways, I'm sure it like greatly affected things. And I also, but I mean, I, I don't know that it like kickstarted like a South Carolina punk scene, but maybe it did. You probably, know? yeah, probably been some of those kids started bands. Um, yeah. It's funny. You like, what do you, have you ever seen anything where you're like, yep, this is shocking. Like, this is something that's going to be like, looked back upon and people will remember this. Maybe not in the best way. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think some of those, like, I think that like at the time, like I could tell that that like Easter Gordon Soli, no justice, dead nation killed the man of question show was like a bonkers show. Like, I think that's like, one of the things where like some of those like Cleveland band, like seeing Gordon Soley, I think is like one of those things that like, this will be something people might talk about later. Um, I'm sure I have, uh, I'll try to think about that, but I've definitely seen bands where I'm like, this is so bad that it's definitely going to catch on. And I and a lot of times I'm right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like you've seen bands where also where you're like, this is so good that it's going to like, this is going to keep going on. Like the first time I saw tragedy, it was like mind blowing. And it's like, it's, it's not like I'd see, I mean, I'd seen his hero was gone. You know, it wasn't like I was like, not like they're exactly the same, but like, it's not like it was like reinvented either. And, no, they, but know. they were like neuro. They like because at the time there was like only one band kind of felt like an aggressive music kind of doing like that, and they were you know they were the bridge band between like Neurosis and His Heroes Gone. Like Tragedy was like bringing that sort of epic scale of like a Neurosis sort of art metal type thing into like a hardcore context. Yeah, and it was just, but like you kind of got to see like this is going to be what people are going to do. Yeah. Like this is going to, this is going to be the birth of stadium crust. Yeah. And you know, I'm not mad at it. You know, it was, no, yeah, it was still one of my favorite bands of that era. Like, like fuck how that show that they played in Toronto where like no warning had the beef with they live and the dude from they live set his face on fire and ruination played a really long, boring set. Um, it, they, they play, did they they played long sets? Well, there Ruination were a lot of speeches. Seem like a, a long, a long set kind of band. They were both. There were like Andy and Chris Callahan both getting on the mic that night and giving speeches. Mm-hmm. I remember. Um, but then, like, tragedy came on and was just like walked up to the mic after the dude from They Live nearly burnt his face off, and was like, "Hey, we're tragedy. We don't have any gimmicks," and they just played. That's cool. It was fucking awesome. They were the best band I've ever, like, they were, like, that show, my God, they were fucking, you're Uh, right. So what was that full lineup then? Was it No Warning, They Live, Ruination, Tragedy? Yeah. That's crazy. 
It's a weird show, especially when you say yeah. that like that. Yeah, you you feel like at that show you, that like Todd and Ben would have just been like, you know, let's just do a tour together. You know, really just take the world by storm. Like that can be the like the crucifix AF flyer of the two of them just shaking hands and really just take the world by storm. Dude, I I would have uh, at one point I would I was trying to convince Tragedy to do a split seven inch on Victory with Fucked Up. I thought that would have been an amazing uh, release. <laughs> And uh, uh, I I assume they they did not see any humor in it. Uh, one member of Tragedy said, "If they buy us a Humvee, we'll do it." Because that was when Victory had those Humvees, mm-hmm. and they were like, "If they buy us a Humvee, we'll do it." I'm not saying which member. I'm, I, I definitely yeah, yeah. one member found it very humorless. I'll give you one guess on who that one was. Yeah, I, I've got a good good guess on that one. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, that would be I. Yeah, that would be a fun uh, a fun show to see. Yeah, that I know would you be... throw a lot of shade at Ruination, but you know I enjoyed them when I saw them. Dude, I'm yeah, um, I'm, I'm fucking around. Like obviously, Chris Suicide and Ruination, I like to to poke fun at because I'm in bands <laughs> with members of both those bands. But like, I won't say this necessarily about Ruination, but you know, Chris Suicide is legitimately the best hardcore band ever from Toronto. Yeah, I was I was really surprised Quarantine didn't make the top Canadian song list. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that song would have made my top if I was doing, like, a punk list. But, like, I don't know if I'm putting it on the same list as I'm putting, like, all those, like, you know, Canadian, like, rock songs, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe I, I don't know. I don't think it's making the top ten. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of cool Canadian rock songs. Yeah. yeah, I would. I mean, uh, my Canadian list would probably be a little bit like less inside baseball than yours. Um, this is an inside. Yeah, I'm picking think, like this is like I'm picking radio rock up here, but it's like yeah, you know, like it's it's like you're talking to a person from Europe when it comes to us talking about music when in terms of Canadian music because there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make it out of here. Yeah, I I I, I gathered that from your podcast. <laughs> See, if I say like if I say Headley to you, what does that mean? Um, it's a character in Blazing Saddles. Yeah, see, for us in Canada, like any Canadian person, just got like the most intense douche chills they'll they ever get. Like that name just is like I'm trying to think of like the equivalent name you could say in America that would conjure up. But I don't think there is really, you know. Yeah, S- Sloan to me is just a character in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Dude, Sloan, you got it wow. here. Like Sloan, like Headley. Thank. Thank your lucky stars. You never have to be exposed to that. But on the other hand, Sloan, my God, that's like our greatest cultural export. uh, They can make, uh, you can make your Canadian playlist and then we'll, uh... (laughs) I would say Sloan is like our, oh man, it's hard to say. I'm going to say, like, you know, like, not right now, because obviously, but, like, in years, you know, in in, in the long enough period of time, I'd say they're, they're like the Canadian replacements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if, as an American, we just go with the uh, replacements. You say they're the replacements. Yeah. yeah we just, like, we, we, no, we, we would just go with the replacements then. Yeah, that's right. You'd be like the replacements. That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's like, it's funny, like, you talk to the bands like The Strokes. You talk to bands like, uh, or like you know, like uh, Super Chunk and stuff. Like Sloan is like mm-hmm. 
the band. And it's, it's, you know, they're, 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 they're really good. They're legitimately good, but there's a lot of stuff here. That's not good. That doesn't get out of here. And that's some good stuff yeah. too. I got to make this Canadian playlist, Dave. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll ch- I'll check it out. We'll see what we can get out of it. <laughs> uh, all right, man. I blathered on too much. Uh, anything else you want to get to? No, I'm good. All right. Well, I think that's it. Everyone. Dave, I cannot thank you enough for jumping on the line with me tonight. Oh, of course, anytime. Well, I'm I'm very happy to have you on anytime you can come on. Next week, of course, Chris will will be back here at the show, and uh, we will be talking about uh, oh, Chris from Pansy Divisions episode, which is awesome and goes into like a whole subside of Seattle music that never I've never gotten to talk about before with anyone. So I, I'm very excited about next week's show. Uh, you can reach us here at footnotes at gmail.com, and we will see you next week. Oh, yeah, find me on various forms of social media at Left for Damien. Bye, everyone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.